a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Biden gave a speech addressing the ongoing evacuation and withdrawal from Afghanistan. He praised the administration's success in getting thousands of people out. But those reporting from Afghanistan are seeing the situation completely differently than President Biden. So what's really going on? What's the real issue? What are the principles that should drive the conversation forward? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we mentioned, President Biden uh, took to the podium. He also took some questions just within this past hour. We're going to break that down a little bit in terms of What was said, what wasn't said, and what the path forward is. We're also keeping our eye on the Pentagon. Just began its briefing on the crisis in Afghanistan. We'll uh, stay tuned to all of that here on KSL News Radio. We'll give you any breaking news as we hear from uh, leaders from the Pentagon. The president, of course, was flanked by the vice president, Kamala Harris, also the Secretary of State Blinken, Secretary of Defense, uh, uh, and, excuse me, Austin had a blank there for a minute, as well as the chair of the Joint uh, Chiefs, Millie. Uh, And all of them have had uh, various conversations and positions and a lot of confusion, I got to be honest, in in terms of the messaging over the last 72 hours, in terms of what is happening, what isn't happening, and more importantly, why, and helping everyone understand that. And so we're going to break that down just a little bit. Let's start with President Biden. Uh, He said the evacuation pause that happened earlier today has been lifted. We paused flights in Kabul a few hours this morning to make sure we could process the arriving evacuees at the transit points. But our commander in Kabul has already given the order for outbound flights to resume. Even with the pause, we've moved out 5,700 evacuees yesterday. So it is important that that eight-hour pause... Uh, the president said it was for processing reasons, to catch up with processing. Uh, seems to me that that is a little interesting uh, in terms of priority, in terms of how you get people out and how you process them, uh, where you process them. The, that seems to be something that could be flexible. Uh, so the president said that uh, things have resumed, uh, which is good news. Uh, the other question for me on that is is the president has said repeatedly that they have the capacity to evacuate as many as 9,000 people per day, and we've come nowhere even near that number on any of the days. Most of the days it's been around fifteen to 1,700 have been getting out. 
so again, we have to to ask why the slowdown? Why is it taking so long to process all of that? President Biden went on to say that uh, the agreement with the Taliban, uh, that they have an agreement that will let Americans uh, through checkpoints, through to the airport, um, that there is a, a way for the Americans who want to leave to actually leave. We have no indication that they haven't been able to get in Kabul through the airport. We've made an agreement with the, with the Taliban thus far. They've allowed them to go through. It's in their interest for them to go through. So we know of no circumstance where American citizens are carrying an American passport or trying to get through to the airport. But we will do whatever needs to be done to see to it they get to the airport. Now, I want to go to to Clarissa Ward. Uh, she's the chief international correspondent for CNN. Uh, she's on the ground in Afghanistan. She's been reporting on the confusing evacuation process. And her description, uh, again, coming from CNN, uh, vastly different from what the president has now said twice over the last 48 hours. The lack of clear information. The rumor mill is in overdrive. There's hysteria. You have Taliban fighters with whips, with guns. You have U.S. and U.K. soldiers who are not allowing people in. You have mixed messaging coming through about what kind of paperwork you need and how you can get on flight and where you can go. I mean, it is just an absolute mess. And we heard President Biden say yesterday in his uh, comments to ABC News that this is not a failure. And I think a lot of people outside that airport, particularly those taking the kinds of extreme actions we're just talking about, would like to know if this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? Again, very interesting perspective uh, from CNN uh, international correspondent. She's the chief international correspondent for CNN, Clarissa Ward. And uh, if you haven't been following her on Twitter and social media, uh, she has posted some some pretty stunning uh, and stirring video of interaction that she has had with members of the Taliban, uh, things that have happened at the different checkpoints. And so it's interesting that CNN is painting a, a little bit different perspective and a little different picture than what the president and the administration has been laying out uh, repeatedly uh, over the last several days. Uh, president Biden uh, today uh, continued to say that it's up to the Afghan people in terms of determining their future that he was surprised that they did not stand and fight. Uh, I want to go to a comment from former General David Petraeus, who said that it's it's not quite accurate to say that the Afghan forces weren't willing to fight. By the way, Afghan soldiers fought and died in huge numbers uh, over the course of the past two decades. So the idea that they wouldn't fight for their country is something that uh, I think is just not accurate. And so I think that's an important thing. 66,000 Afghan military fighters have uh, perished over the course of the conflict, including 2,600 just in the first six months of this year. And again, you combine that with the nearly 2,500 U.S. uh, men and women service members who have uh, died in that conflict. Uh, Those numbers are real, and uh, the Afghan forces uh, were structured uh, in a way that they they could defend that, and they they did. And again, it shows you the influence that uh, can be had and things that can be done. Uh, but the, again, the I think one of the most challenging parts of all of this, the president was asked during the press conference uh, about his conversations with our allies, with other leaders around the world. It wasn't until Tuesday uh, that he connected with Boris Johnson in uh, the UK. It wasn't until Wednesday that he spoke to Angela Merkel 
in Germany. And it wasn't until Thursday that he spoke with President Macron from France. The president did note today that uh, they would convene the G7. I don't know if that's just going to be an electronically or if they're going to meet somewhere, uh, but that they would be meeting to talk about the path forward as it relates to Afghanistan and, and everyone's role there. NATO, of course, is uh, concerned. The UN, uh, the UN pointed out today that uh, some 14 million uh, Afghanis uh, could really struggle through the winter in terms of just basics, in terms of food. Uh, and so there are a lot of uncertainties, a lot of challenges on the ground. And we're going to continue to try to break our way through that. Uh, and finish. I think if there's been any challenges over the last week, it has been of clarity, of a singular message, of communication. Uh, again, as CNN reported, uh, there's a lot of chaos on the ground. The rumor mill is rampant, and uh, someone has to have a certain trumpet, a certain sound in terms of here's where we are, here's where we're going, here's what we're going to do next. And the administration has struggled over the last 48 hours to get that. Uh, they seem to be getting onto a message now. Uh, whether that message will be in alignment with what is actually happening on the ground and what some within uh, the State Department and uh, the military uh, are saying uh, things that the administration has just missed or ignored uh, or doesn't want to talk through. Uh, and all of that matters. The transparency matters. Uh, obviously, we have national security interest in this as well. Uh, all of that is going to be uh, an important part of the process uh, as we continue on this conversation. Important discussions yet to come as it relates to Afghanistan. Uh, we have to be careful. Uh, it's easy to jump ahead on a lot of these things. We just want to slow it down, uh, divide just the partisan stuff to the practical stuff that needs to be done for the safety of Americans, for the safety of those who have stood with us, those interpreters, guides, and contractors uh, that have made a difference. And we'll continue to track all of that here on KSL News Radio. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.